Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to You Had Me at Black. This week, B from Boston shares her journey overcoming depression after the death of a friend and a really bad breakup. Listen on to hear how she ultimately learned that there's strength in vulnerability. This is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. My story is about healing and just coming out of a really dark time and place in my life and just being able to ultimately identify and then engage in a practice that I feel that is today still supporting my healing process, but I feel like a much better person today than I was then. And so I remember, you know, sitting in the dark in my room crying. And that's usually where I spent most of my days, like after work, where others would go be social and things like that. I was straight to my bed and I didn't even bother turning on the lights for many of the days. And so I remember sitting in my room thinking to myself, like, am I depressed? Is this what depression feels like? But also I'm like, no, I can't be depressed because my parents always told me that this is for white people. White people get depressed and black people don't get any of that. And at that particular time, I had just gotten news that my really good friend for over 20 years was killed. And my partner for over five years, we broke up upon me moving to the Bay Area. And so it was just constantly going back and forth with that. But I was doing that by myself, right? I wasn't engaging anyone with it. And I remember also feeling like, you know, people experience loss on multiple levels, right? And so what makes me any special? Essentially, it was just like, suck it up and keep moving. And so one of the few ways that I was able to engage in self-care was just, you know, watching really bad reality TV. One of those shows being The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I was on my couch like I am every Sunday, right? And so that was the rotation from bed to couch on the weekends. And that's as far as I got, not necessarily outside of the apartment. And so this Sunday, I'm on my couch watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And the particular episode that's up is where Nene is literally and physically shaking and crying, but insisting that she's okay, right? And so folks are trying to extend a helping hand. You know, folks are trying to console her, whether it be hugging and things like that, but She's insisting that she's okay, though physically you can tell that she's not okay. And that for me was like an aha moment. I'm like, hmm, am I being needy leaks right now, right? Are people offering a hand to me and I'm actively rejecting it? And I think I was because my friends who would constantly call me to just check in because they knew what, what I was going with, but I insisted that I was okay. I would always say, no, I'm okay. So, hey, B, how's it going? You know, how's the new job? I'm like, no, everything's okay. When everything wasn't okay, but I had to at least put up the front that I was managing. And so from watching that episode, I think it kind of forced me to seek change. And so I called up my friend. Again, I talked to her every day, but I was now wanting to be honest with her and say that, hey, you know, I'm actually struggling. And in fact, I think I might actually be depressed. From there, she recommended that I get involved with reevaluative counseling. And essentially, reevaluative counseling is a group counseling method, and they have affinity specific spaces. And so they have a space for African heritage women, and they also have a space for LGBT folks, et cetera, et cetera. And so I joined the group for African heritage women. And 
I was a little skeptical. And in fact, on the first day that I was supposed to go, I was a little late because I was still going back and forth with myself. Like, should I do this? Like, I've always been warned not to do this. Counseling's for crazy people. Like, why am I doing this? So I ultimately went. I was late, but I went. And I remember when I first walked through the door, there were women screaming, shaking, running across the room and things like that. And while I was affirmed in that I saw women that looked like me, aka black women, but I was also thrown off and skeptical by the fact that they were running around screaming, grown-ass women running around and screaming and things like that. And so I reluctantly continued to engage in the spaces as much as I felt I could that particular time, especially be, it being my first time, but I would say well into the first month of my experience with RC, I was relatively conservative. And so I would tell my story, but only what I felt people deserved to know and things like that, because I had a rough exterior, right? And so I wasn't willing to give everything, but I also knew I needed this process. So I think it was my happy medium to just give people a little bit. Within RC, you're assigned an individual co-counselor. So we counsel as a group, but we also have co-counselors. And the purpose of a co-counselor is that, you know, outside of the RC meeting group space is that they essentially serve as your accountability buddy, making sure that you're actively sessioning throughout the week outside of the space. And so my accountability buddy slash co-counselor, she would call me. And so, again, still being really reluctant and skeptical about the process, I would say, I'm actually really busy with work. I can't counsel this week. But she lovingly, but also forcefully, you know, would say, no, we're going to make time for this. We're going to get this on your calendar. Even if it's for 45 minutes, we're going to have this session. And so, again, reluctantly, I agreed to having the session. I'm just really grateful that she was persistent with me. And even the times that I tried to push back and try to dodge the process, she was still there to support me. But particularly, there was one moment where I It was my first time discharging. And so discharging is the language they use in RC to talk about the various ways that they've been hurt or the ways that they've internalized hurt. To paint a picture, it's very similar to what you may see in a church with folks catching the Holy Ghost. And so it could be crying. It could be shaking. It was essentially everything I saw when I walked into the door the first time. And so I was actually discharging in this moment with my co-counselor. And I had cried so many times before, but this particular moment felt different. This moment of crying, it felt liberating because I was actively, you know, talking about everything I was dealing with. I was essentially a time bomb waiting to blow off. And so I was letting go of everything I held on to for so long with this person that I you know, was starting to know, but still in very many ways, she was still a stranger, but I felt lighter. And it's hard to really put into words what it feels like to feel liberated. And, you know, it took me like a whole month to get comfortable with the process of discharging. But after that, it was just happening regularly. But afterwards, I remember feeling like, wow, this is, you know, I'm really doing this and, you know, being okay and really feeling affirmed. Like, I feel a lot better. And though it wasn't a complete 180, right, I felt that I was slowly starting to make that turn and shifting the way that I was feeling about myself. And I tell the story today because there is this narrative of the strong black woman. And though it's been around forever, I realized that I myself was trying to be a strong black woman. And it was what was destroying me. It was literally killing me. And for me, it was a source of my depression. And so I share this story today to say that 
we don't have to be strong. I had to learn that the hard way ultimately. And in fact, I feel like it makes me a stronger person to be able to ask for help. And asking for help doesn't necessarily mean you're joining RC, but asking for help could also mean, you know, confiding in friends. Like I finally got the courage to do. And also I want to acknowledge that it does take courage to do all this. And so I would say vulnerability, asking for help, these are all signs of strengths and just wanting to deconstruct this idea that it's a sign of weakness. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, visit youhadmeatblack.com slash review to leave a review and subscribe.